in Jesus' name. Father and our God, we thank you because you are our Father. We give you all praise because from everlasting to everlasting, you have been our God. Thank you because you are a dependable God. Thank you because you are a reliable God. You can never change because it is not in your character to change. And it's not equal in your character to deceive those you have brought unto yourself. Lord Almighty, we have come before you today to look into this topic. That if only you will help us today, Lord Almighty God, we shall be sure of our heaven if actually we have come in contact with you. Help us, God Almighty, because the topic for today is actually the root of all the problems we have in the world today. And I pray that, Lord, you enable us by your spirit, by your grace, to understand and hear from you. Have your way, O Lord, and let your name be glorified. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Praise the Lord. I thank God that we are alive to see today. The topic we are considering today, since this year we have been considering the theme Living by every word of God. And today the topic we we shall consider is living by every word in establishing and sustaining marriage. Living by every word in establishing and sustaining marriage. Praise the Lord. This is a topic that people, everybody, we're excited whenever we talk about marriage. But at the same time, it's also a topic that the devil is also interested and he has been killing and destroying homes and future generations because of wrong foundation in marriage. Basically, we are discussing two main uh, words. Number one is establishing and the other one is sustaining marriage. Today, basically, we shall discuss on establishing marriage. And I want us to know that the foundation of everything is more important than whatsoever. Bible says in Psalm 11 verse 3, it says, If the foundation of the righteous be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So with the foundation of your marriage is faulty, then you are really in trouble. And that's why basically today as I enter the church, the Spirit of the Lord said I should dwell more on establishing marriage, especially as it concerns the young people. Because I went to the dictionary to look at the meaning of establishing. And what I saw there, I saw so many things, but what actually captured what I will speak today is the one that said that establishing means to set up something. I think that's actually the one I want to take. He said also it's an institution. I want us to know this morning that marriage is the only institution that you register your courses and you can never graduate. Let it be clear to us. If you go into any school, you register after four or six years, you graduate. But in marriage, you can never graduate until the day you go back to your creator. Praise the Lord. And I want to start by saying, what is the meaning of marriage? 
I want to define it the way I saw it in the dictionary. Even the dictionary people, they are not, I don't think many of them go to church, but the, the way they defined it. It says is a close union of one man and one woman to the exclusion of others. A close union of one man and one woman to the exclusion of others. So, which means marriage is just for one man and one woman. Marriage is not for one man and another man. And marriage is not for one woman and another woman. No matter whatever we hear these days, it's just the, the, the madness of the end time. Because Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verse 28, it says, even as they do not want to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate heart. It's because of reprobate heart that somebody will stand and say that he will not marry a woman. A woman will say that I will not marry a man. Rather, I will prefer to marry another woman. So from our definition today, we can see that marriage is for one man and another woman. And one woman, not two women. One woman and one man. Excluding all others. Because in our culture, we have made it such a difficult thing that a woman will get married and everybody will say, it's our wife. Yes, it's our wife, but basically it's the wife of her. One man. Praise the Lord. So let it be clear to us. Marriage is between one man and one woman. So that we will not continue to confuse it with our culture. Marriage did not originate from our culture. It's God that originated it. Praise the Lord. And then we want to know who originated this marriage. Who established this marriage. Because it will help us. You know, I'm a teacher. So I'm taking it gradual. We have seen what marriage is. Is for one man and for one woman. And none who established this marriage. You know, one, why I want to explain it very well is that I have heard so many people and so many ministers of the gospel we run around listening to. And that's why we say so many things. And we enter into marriage without real counsel from God. And that's why we have the confusion we have in our society. I have heard so many ministers they will tell you that since Adam and Eve disappointed God at the Garden of Eden, that God left marriage to man. No, it's a lie. It's not true. Let us go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. If you go to that particular Genesis, Bible says, God himself, God himself says, it is not good for a man to be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. Praise the Lord. And if you read from Genesis chapter 2, from verse 21 down to 25, you will notice that God established marriage by himself. Nobody helped him. If you look at from that 21, God was the surgeon. God was the anesthetist. God was the, the, the nurse. God was whatsoever you can think about. Nobody helped him. Bible says, if you read that, he caused the man to go into a deep sleep. Nobody helped him. So when you say, 
that he left marriage to man. No, it is a lie. God originated marriage. God established marriage. And then if you must live and then marry the way God wants it, you must allow God to establish it for you. Because so many things happen these days, especially our young people. That especially with these ministers we have these days. One, somebody was saying the other day, he said, that, look, brethren, we must shine our eyes. We must shine our eyes. That uh, you shouldn't sleep. You must open your eyes very well so that you'll be able to choose the right person. And it's because we have started shining our eyes. That's why we are into the confusion. Bible says that Adam was into a deep sleep. He did not contribute anything to what God did. He was sleeping. And when God brought Eve, he opened his eyes and said, Yes, this is the bone of my bone. And this is the flesh of my flesh. So my dear ones, I want us to know that you must sleep. If you do not sleep, the devil will give you the wrong one. You will open your eyes and you will get the serpent. And by the time the serpent comes into your home, Bible says that he who opens the hedge, that the serpent will bite him. I pray that God will help us never to open the hedge because of wrong decision in, in our marriage in Jesus' name. So God originated marriage. Nobody helped him. It was God's own making. It was God looked at Adam. The man was so lonely. He said, no, it is not good. The only thing I see that God says is not good. And then he made a helpmate for him. Praise the Lord. Then, one thing I discovered about God in the course of marriage is that God, whenever God does something, he's doing it for a purpose. There is a reason why God established marriage. I'm taking it gradually so that, you know, we, God will help us to really understand. And I pray that truly that God will help us to establish our marriage under him. So that we'll be able to achieve the purpose for which he has created marriage. God, he has a reason for creating marriage. And we have three reasons or the purpose for which God created marriage. Many of us, we go for weddings, but we don't usually bend down to hear the reasons for marriage. I want us to know that we have three reasons for marriage. Number one is for companionship. Genesis 2.18, Bible says it is not good. Because whenever God comes down, you know, to commune with Adam, he will just see the loneliness, the level of loneliness. It was so much. And God himself says, no, it is not good. I will make a help meet for this man. I will make somebody who will help him, who will drive away this loneliness out of him. So number one reason for marriage is for companionship. Whenever you come to wedding here, or anywhere you go to, especially in our Orthodox churches, these three main reasons must be mentioned. But many of us, the glamour of the wedding and the excitement, we don't even listen at all. Companionship. Adam was lonely, and God decided to make somebody that will help him, that will give him company, that will counsel him, that will you know, stay with him, so that there will be joy. I want us to know that marriage is meant for enjoyment. It's not for endurance. Because how many years will you live here on earth? Some marriages may last for 50 years. Some 60 years. Will you endure it for 60 years? Will you endure it for 40 years? 
And with my little living here on earth, I have noticed that those people that are not living well, they live very long. They won't die. You will even be praying, please, let one person go so that the other person will rest. Two of them will live. You see them living 50 years, 60 years, and the, the sorrow will continue to multiply. My dear, marriage is not for endurance. Tell yourself, God forbid, that I will endure marriage. It's not something you will endure. It's not. God meant it for enjoyment. And that's why he has his plan, his purpose, his reason for establishing it. So having said number one, companionship. Number two is for ministry purpose. Ministry. Every man you see has a ministry attached to him. Every man has a ministry. And for that man to be able to fulfill the ministry God has ordained for him, then you have need of a woman around you. Because if you go to Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 30, Bible says that one shall chase a thousand, and two shall chase ten thousand. Which means, for the purpose of reaching the world for God, God needs a woman near a man. So that if that man in his ministry had been, you know, getting one thousand, once a woman comes into your life, oh, there will be an enlargement of your ministry coast. There will be an enlargement of whatsoever you are doing. If you have been getting 1,000 souls for God, when a woman comes in, you start getting 10,000. So at times, you know, I look at it, I wonder. Two persons, instead of getting 2,000, they will get 10. So you see that it's for the ministry. It's not just for two of you to come there, you know, no, 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 no. It's for ministry. There's a reason. Every man, there's something God has given to you. There's a gift in you that God wants you to use to draw souls to the kingdom. And usually, when a woman, you know, is there, you know, the woman will help you. I could remember so many people, some people will tell me, ah, Ruby, you are answer to, to our prayers. I say, what do you mean? Say that when they met my husband, and they saw the gift of God in his life. They started praying without even his knowing. They started praying for him. And say, God, that a man may miss it in his ministry, along the line, the man may recover it. You may miss it in your career, along the line, you may recover it. But when a man misses it in his marriage, that man is destroyed forever. And they started praying for him. You know? So what, what am I saying? Ministry. Many people along the line because they entered into a wrong eh, relationship. Today, the call of God upon their life, the ministry God has deposited in them is gone. You can't even hear about them again. Whenever you hear about them, it will be once upon a time. May our ministry never end in once upon a time in Jesus' name. When you get a wife for the purpose and you allow God to give you a wife, you will see that your ministry will have a quantum leap. Everybody will touch your, your, your ministry. Everybody, it will expand. It's not you doing it. God himself who brought you into that ministry and giving you that ministry. Once the woman comes there, the right woman, the right man into your life, then it will expand. May God help us in Jesus' name. The third reason... Why God established marriage is for the purpose of procreation, giving birth to children. But it's painful that these days, because of our, the wickedness in the heart of men, because of our culture, we have turned it the other way around. 
we now take the third purpose for establishing marriage as number one purpose. For procreation, you know, for getting children. That's why when he was, you know, God was giving Adam, he said, rules and regulation, he says, by the time he said, uh, give birth, procreate, populate the world and dominate. But the point is that God is not giving us these children. Or for that marriage, God is not giving that children so that when you die, they will take over. It may be one of them, but that's not actually what is in God's heart. The major reason why God gives these children to us is for us that we shall hand over the baton to them. That's why in John 3.30, John says, I must decrease and he must increase. When Jesus came, John said, I must decrease and he must increase. And Bible says in Isaiah 59, verse 21, he says, let this word, you know, not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your seed, nor from the mouth of your seed seed, which means the children God is bringing into the, you know, into our marriage is for, you know, for extension of the gospel. God knows if other things being equal, that the parents, the mother, the father, the people that started the marriage, they will die before the children. And the expectation of God, God's hard desire is that we should hand over to these children so that they will continue where we start. So many ministers of the gospel, few of them, they hand over. But so many, you see that as they are dying, the ministry will die with them. If you go to Isaiah chapter 8, verse you know, 18, he says, I and the children whom the Lord has given to us, we are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts, which dwelleth in Zion. So the essence of procreation, the essence of these children is for us to train them, to bring them up in the fear and nurture of the Lord. Proverbs 22 says, train a child in the way he should go. So it's not just getting children so that they will take over from us. And that's why in our culture now, God will bless the marriage with children, maybe the female, and the, the, you know, the man will oppress the woman. And the relations of the man will oppress the woman as if the woman is the cause of the whole thing. Because she has given birth to female children. You have not given birth to male children that will take over from them. No, that's not the reason. The reason is for children that will take over from us. Because this ministry, God does not want it to end with us. Because if it ends with us, then it is really a calamity. It's not the reason. It's for children that will take it beyond when we finish, as we are aging, I know, and going, these children will take up and they will now in escalate, you know, the work of God. Praise the Lord. So having seen the three reasons why God established marriage, I want us to know that there is no way you can be able to achieve these three reasons unless if you allow God to lead you in your choice of eh, marriage, in your choice of life partner. Many of us, because if you understand this reason, and if you know that it's God that originated and established their marriage, you must call upon him. There's no way you can meet this need in your marriage unless you ask God, the giver of her marriage, the owner of marriage manual. Because pilots, if they're going to anywhere, they have a manual that will direct them, that will show them the town, the, the, the country, where they're going to. Likewise, the word of God. That's why we say living by the word of God in establishing, which means you are depending on the word of God, on God's directive, on the choice of your marriage partner. 
you know, you know, I shudder when you ask the younger one, you know, the young people, uh, what do you want in marriage? They will begin to tell you stories. You really wonder, is he really dementing? They will be telling you shadows instead of facing the reality. I want us to know, especially the young ones, because next week we shall speak more on the married people already. For you that is about to enter into this marriage, unless if you have decided not to marry, I want us to know that marriage is not for everybody. Maybe you may not want to marry. But the only thing is that if you do not want to marry, make sure it's your agreement with God. Because if you do not settle it, along the line you begin to mess up. But if you have made up your mind, you have just decided that you will marry. I want us to know that marriage is not the way we see it. The problems we have in the society is because of wrong foundation in marriage. There is no way you can go far in your marriage life without really getting the right person. Many of us, when it comes to marriage, will become so wise. We will not trust God enough. You know, at times I wonder. You have entrusted your life, you are born again, to God. That he is able to lead you. From our song we say, You believe that God is able to lead you until you get to heaven. But when it comes to marriage, many of us will just feel that I know this God. He will not give me what I want. He will just give me one thing and I don't want and that's why many of us, we behave like people in Isaiah 4. They said, let me just answer the name of this man. But let me close him. I said, everything I will take care of. Many of us, we are born again. We are children of God. But when it comes to marriage, you say, hey, God, because I know hey, you won't give me what I want. I just want to do it eh, my own way. And that's why we have left the right foundation. And we are laying our own foundation. We have been a faulty foundation. And many of us are really sinking inside it. Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. If you have entrusted your salvation unto him, if you have entrusted your eternity in unto him, I want you to know, that even the issue of marriage, you should also even entrust it more. Because if you must make heaven, if you get married, then you must get the right man. I want to tell you that, well, I'm not God. <laughs> but if you get it wrong in the foundation of your marriage, you are making heaven is very lean. It's only if by special grace of God. Because when the home is not what it should be, every day confusion because when you marry from the camp of the devil, what are you expecting? His confusion is with eh? not and south. So I don't know what you are doing. When it comes to marriage, it's not the things you see that matter. You know, young people will always look at their sexual appearance. Ask any young person now, what do you want? Ah, he will tell you or she will tell you, I want a very tall lady and fair, very beautiful woman. So that whenever I'm angry, when I look at her, oh, I will feel good. And if I had wanted to beat her, I would just look at her face and her beauty. I will stop. And the other person will say, oh, I want a very tall, handsome man. We all thought likewise, because if we are saying it now, don't say, hey, it's because she has married. We must have our heart desires and our expectations. 
If you do not, then you are not in a human being. During my own, I wanted them. I wanted the handsome man. <laughs> and the man must know how to dress because I hate men that do not dress well. The man must dress well. And the man, you know, before he sees you, he will smile and laugh and say, oh, you are good. Yes, that's my heart desire. That's my heart desire. I, I, I mean it, oh. And I say, God, oh, I want a man that is about 45 years old and I will be 35 years so that he will pet me like my father. I don't want all these small, small, touchy, touchy, you know, small boys that will just come and mess me up. No. I want somebody that will take over from where my father stopped and will pet me. If I'm coming out of the car, he will open the car for me. I will enter. If we come back from work and I'm tired, oh, he will be able to go and fix up food and he will just say, darling, come and eat. He's there. I thought the same way. But the issue is that when I finish, that's my heart desire. Yes. But when I finished everything, oh, I did like Peter in Luke chapter 5 verse 5 that says, God at thy word, I laid down my net. After all this said and done, I say, God, please, you know me. I do not want to go to hell. God, give me a man who is sincere. A man who wants to go to heaven. Even if I do not see all the physical things. Because what you see, what you are seeing in me now is container. The actual me is only God and my husband. You don't know me. It's only God and my husband who will give you a test of who I am. So that person you see, and you are dwelling on the physical. The things you can say in that, do you really know her? Do you really know him? Do you know him? Do you know if he's just a wolf? You know, covered very well. By the time you come in, the man will handle you you know, very well. The man will fix you up and finish you. you know? I did all this, but at the end I say, God, at thy word, I, I, and I lay down my net. Even if it's not your will for me to get all that I have lined up, let, do not give me rest until I agree to marry that man you have for me. To be sincere with you, we are my brethren. When my husband came, it wasn't easy for me. Maybe you see him now. He was not like, like, yeah, like this day, no. He was not. Ah, it was not easy for me. I looked at him and he was so young. It wasn't in the, in my parameter. I wanted somebody who was 45 years and above. I thought that somebody petting you and taking care of you depends on the age. I didn't know. Because at times, so many of us, we don't really know what we want. In fact, it was when I came into marriage, I realized that I didn't even know what I want. It's only God that knows the, you know, the deepest need you have. And the deepest need we have in our earth is Jesus. And when you receive Jesus, allow God to lead the way. Because he knows you. He knows the journey you will go through in life. He knows the wilderness experiences you will pass. You know, many of us, the Israelites, they pass through physical wilderness in their experience. But for every child of God, you have a wilderness to cross. But we don't want to believe it. I have a cousin who says, hmm, no, Anglican people, they put people under a curse, which is very difficult for them to come out. I say, what do you mean? He said, eh, the time, yeah, they will say, for better, for worse. For richer, for poorer. Why should they say the negatives? <laughs> I say, my dear, let me be plain with you. Every marriage has a wilderness to cross. 
whether you believe it or not, it is there. It is enshrined in marriage. I remember a man of God, 1975, uh, when he wedded in this uh, and uh, the man he invited to come and wait him came in and said, for better, for worse. He said, no, 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 it's for better, for best. And the man said, eh? he said, it's for better, for best. Thank God, the man of God, you know, said, okay, for better, for best. I want to tell you, it's not that it is a good story, but it's for us, especially the young ones, to be very, very careful. Today, they are no longer living together. A strange woman, a secretary in the office, took over the marriage. Till today, they are no longer together. So there is always a wilderness experience. And it is that man that God destined for you. It is that man, that woman that God has for you, that will help you in that wilderness. Two of you will be able to pass through. You will be wondering what kind of wilderness. It, it, it might be wilderness of hunger, need, lack, it might be wilderness of ill health because you don't know. God knows the end from beginning. He knows your future. He knows you. He knows all the things that will happen to you. And that's why you must trust him enough. Because he has the, you know, the roadmap. He knows you. He knows everything that will happen to you. It might be hunger. It might be unemployment. You may, you know, because so many people, if you and they say, ha, I want to marry a man who is already established. A man that has a car, if you come to the house, the parlor is well set, the bedroom, everything is in order. Thank God for that. Who is uh, praying for poverty? Nobody is praying for that. I want a man who is working. Some men will tell you, I want a woman who is the last born, so that I will not have to take care of eh, other people, because if you marry the first daughter, you will suffer. Virtually all the problems you know, in the family, they will always call you to come. And best. If you marry the last one, uh, uh, everybody will be gathering together and they will be supporting them. Praise the Lord. Some people will tell you they want to marry a doctor, a nurse. A friend of mine last year told me, Sister Ruby, my brother is looking for a wife. I said, okay, oh, thank God. He's a Christian. I say, oh, thank God. He said, Biko, pray with me. I say, please, I'm already praying. He said, but Sister Ruby, he said that the lady will be tall and fair and that she will be either a nurse or a doctor because he's outside the country. I said, please, sister, count me off. I don't pray this kind of prayer because he has already set an idol in his heart. There is already an idol. There is already a standard. And Bible tells the Israelites in the book of Ezekiel, that you people have set idol in your heart. And you have come for, you know, I will answer you according to the idol in your heart. So, I don't know, are you here a young man? Have you set an idol in your heart? Of the picture of who you will marry? I want you to know there is a wilderness to cross. It might be a wilderness of a barrenness. It, it might, it's only that will of God. It's only that person that God has for you, that the Lord has given to you, that will help you pass through that kind of eh, wilderness. I have a, a friend who said, you know, she got engaged to a brother. A brother, along the line, the mother and the sister say, here, with uh, class five, do you want to suffer forever? And she's uh, the first uh, daughter. 
And immediately the brother somehow withdrew and somehow spoke one English and cut the relationship. And the sister, you know, it was a heart, you know, it wasn't easy on her. She wept and after weeping, she just continued serving God. And lo and behold, God brought another brother, a very young brother to her and she prayed and agreed with her, with him. But along the line, when she had agreed with the brother, the brother had a, a, a revelation of where she, you know, he was, uh, he, either he has a, a, a flower on his hand, but that flower does not have um, roots. And he woke up and said, what is the meaning of this? Because he was a young brother in the faith. He ran to the elderly ones and said, this is the revelation I had. I don't even understand the meaning. Those elderly ones, you know, at times, I know that God can speak to you concerning your marriage through people, but be very, very careful. He went to him and the brother said, Ha! Ah, the meaning of this thing is that she will not give birth to children. No, that's the meaning. But it's true. That's the meaning of that flower in his hand without roots. And then he came back and said, God, you revealed this sister to me. You showed her to me. God at thy word, I lay down in my net. And they started persuading him and say, God, you know, God has shown this revelation to you so that you will come out of this eh, relationship. He said, no. Now God did not say so. And eventually they were persuading him. But eventually he held on to God and they married the sister. Lo and behold, after the marriage, no issue. First year, second year, third year, fifth year, sixth year. The mother-in-law arranged for them to marry for the son. Even the brother, they were arranging for this. And the brother said, I married this woman. I met her as a virgin. And nothing will ever make me to marry another woman. If not for anything, I met her as a virgin. It's for some of us here, young people. You keep throwing your life around to men. And they keep messing you up. And many people will tell me, eh, Ruby, what are you people even talking? Virginity, is it in a virtue? Eh, after all, you say, some of you, in, in after, you won't get issue. Virginity is a virtue, my dear. Keep yourself for God. Because at the right time, when the real person comes, it might be something with which that person will stay in that event. And the brother said, no way. I met her as a virgin. If she doesn't have any issue for me, so far two or false, can work together and fulfill the ministry the Lord has called me to fulfill is enough for me. After all, is it because of children and I got eh, married? After the sixth year, the sister didn't even know the arrangement of the mother-in-law. You know, mothers and fathers, I want to put a warning here. Let us be very, very careful. Let us be very careful. Many of us, our children, will get married by 1st of October. By 10th of November, you're already asking your daughter, have you missed your period? What are you asking? Is it because of children that your child is married? And by the time you start asking such foolish questions, you put them under pressure. You put them under pressure, they'll begin to think. They'll begin to... There is anxiety in everywhere. If you look at the young girl, she looks older than her age. Mothers, let us help these children. Especially for us mothers. Let us be very, very careful. Praise the Lord. So this sister, she doesn't even know. She didn't know that the mother-in-law arranged for women and then the husband stopped going home. And the sister would say, bro, daddy, go to the village. Now he said, hmm, don't call me. Because she didn't, he didn't tell her everything. Lo and behold, 
after six good years, the seventh year, God visited them. Praise the Lord. This is what we are saying. You don't know the wilderness you will pass through. And that's why, knowing fully well the three reasons why God established marriage, you must lean on him. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, Seek me and you shall find me, and I will show you greater mighty things which you do not know before. My dear, there are so many mysteries in this life. There are so many things we do not know. But when you lean on this God, he will lead you to the wilderness in all this life. Though it tarries, wait for it. This brother waited. It was after when this sister took him that he called the wife and said, Look at the revelation God gave me when I proposed to you. And look at all the arrangements my mother and my brothers they made for me to marry in another woman. Ah! And this sister said, Ah! So this is how far this brother. It's only a brother that received from God that can go this way. And they have four kids now. One boy and three girls. Four kids. If you look at them, you really know that. Bible said the blessing of the Lord make it rich. It does not add sorrow into it. When you are in the will of God, no matter how things are going, the grace of God will be sufficient. And at the fullness of time, when it comes, you will know. We have a sister here. A sister, an elder sister to our late mommy, Professor Mrs. Aniebue. She married for 25 good years with her husband. Above 50 years, three years ago, God visited them. So I don't know which one you are passing through now. And you think that the end has come. No. But why I want to use this in examples is that for us young people, because we are talking about establishing, if the foundation is faulty, ah, sustaining it will be very difficult. But if the foundation is right, ah, sustenance will be easy. I don't know where you are right now, you know, young man. You are a young man. The devil will be deceiving you. You are getting old. You are getting, who told you you are getting old? Who told you? It's the devil that will be telling you you are, you are getting old. And that's why so many of our young people, you say you are born again, and you will go out to marry an unbeliever. We have been battling with this thing for years now. And you will call in again somebody who is an SU uh, student leader, or maybe one of the leadership position, you say, eh, I'm getting married. And you say, who is marrying you? And she will just mention something. And you say, ah, is the person born again? And in fact, the church and everything will show you that there is no light at all. And you say, is this person born again? You say, eh, but they're good. They go to church very well. Eh, you know, I will pray. Is God. You know, one of them said, I say, my dear, are you born again? He said, I say, how can God tell you to go and marry an unbeliever. It is not possible. Bible says, do not unequally yoke with unbelievers. For what has light and darkness? How can you? The other day, I, I could remember one time that young people did their program. I could remember our daddy, you know, in Obarista, in Argentina, said that when you go to the camp of the devil to marry, that the devil will be your your father-in-law. And you can imagine the kind of gift the devil will be giving you. You, you can imagine. But if you go into the camp of God and God gives you the right man and God gives you the right woman, ah, you will see that without stress, the ministry will be in expanding. Without stress, the children the Lord has given to you, they will be growing in the fear and nurture of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They will be taken over from you, even while you are still alive. When you get the right you know, man or, or, or the right man, he will close up the loneliness 
He will be a, she will be a company for you. He will be a company for you. Many people they are married, but they are lonely. Because in that home, no talking. They don't even, you know, at times, even in the church, I'm sorry to say it, so many people will come to church. Bible said number one is for company, are ya? Company, eh, to feel the loneliness. But many of us, I don't know if we do not love our husbands or our wives. I don't know if we are ashamed of our, our husbands or our wives. You come to church, you sit in at the back, yeah, your husband will sit in front. Or you sit in at the middle, your husband, why must it be? Why should it for company? To cover loneliness. Even in the church, you should stay together. So for those that when they come to church, they stay differently. I'm sorry for you. You are disobeying number one reason why marriage. It's not only in your bedroom. Maybe in the house, two of you will sleep, you know, you know, will sleep together. No. Even in the church. It tells me that, yeah, my husband is now in a reverend. You know, he's inside the in altar. Yes. Praise the Lord. Yes. Yes. The closeness must continue. In the church, two of you should stay together. Because I could remember... If there's any problem, maybe two of you, because marriage, there's misunderstanding. You, know, you will keep misunderstanding until God helps you to begin to stabilize. Because usually if you do the will of God, if you allow God to give you his will, you will see that the strength of the man will be the weakness you know, of the woman. And the strength, uh, the weakness you know, of the woman will be the strength of the man. So you see that when God gives you, two of you will blend together. And people will look at you and say, oh, perfect marriage. I claim this marriage in Jesus' name. <laughs> but the point is that two of them, they have come together. They have studied each other and they begin to adapt to each other. And usually if you have a misunderstanding in the house because it burns to, it must come. It must come. No matter how many, it must come. And it's good that it comes because when it comes, you trash it. And then the love gets eh, thicker. You move on. You may misunderstand in the, in the house and then you come to church and two of you are staying together. As the word of God is going on, ah, the spirit of God will minister something. You say, ah, so this thing I did to my wife is wrong. You will hold hands with her immediately and say, darling, I'm very sorry. Your wife, yes, is in the church, yes. Yes. Praise the Lord. Yes. Healing. What we come to church is to receive healing. Spiritual healing, physical healing, emotional healing, mental healing. Church must have the capacity to heal us. And if the church cannot heal your marriage or heal you, then you are in trouble. If you have a problem, maybe it's the wife, there are no men, they can behave. At times they just release one word, I release one character. Ah, you'll be burning in you, you say, oh God, who even brought me near, 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 near this man? Ah, hi God, is this thing still in fact? You know, maybe in the church, you'll be planning how to deal with him. You'll just be planning the best way to retaliate without anybody knowing that it's retaliation. And one word of God will just eat. Ah, you say, God, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. you just touch him and say, I have forgiven you. Inside the church, praise the Lord. So, my dear, what are you doing? What is that idol you have set in your heart? That has made it impossible for you to really hear the voice of, of God. What is that idol? Today, God wants us to look inward. God still speaks to us. Many people, if you ask them, how do you hear from God? You say, I don't know. 
I want us to know that God speaks to his children in so many ways. And it's not when it comes to marriage, God will just do a brakataba and change it. No. God is not an author of confusion. The way you know the course you will read or the course you read, the way you know the business you are in, into, the way you just hear from God in every issue in of life, when it comes to marriage, God will minister to you, the man, the woman you will marry through the same way. Are you getting me? Praise the Lord. God can minister to you. Some people, it may be through dream. Some people, it's through dream that God, my own, God showed me through dream. You know, through dream, I was not even, you know, I was, just, just, God just took me in, in, you know, in, a, in a revelation and dropped me in my husband's town at the junction going t- towards his own uh, village. And in that dream, I had a voice that said, your husband will come from this town. And he said, doctor. I woke up, I said, doctor, God forbid. These doctors that see women's nakedness, how can they be seeing everybody and after he will come to marry me? I said, no. I didn't believe that there's any doctor who is not a wayward. I said, no. How can they be seeing these naked women and they come to marry me? I said, no. I woke up. I thought over it, I say, God, I don't want that. And that time, I hate it perfectly. God forbid. I won't marry. How can I go there for, 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 for marriage? God, because look for another place. Look for another place. Not Ufuma. And eventually, it continued. So God can speak to you in a dream. God can speak to you, you know, through a voice. You, you can hear a voice from God. He, he can know, I may not, not, not go into detail, but it's to tell you that God speaks to. If you look at some of our mommies and daddies, yeah, if they tell you the testimony of their own, you will know that God is still real. He can speak to you through an inward eh, voice. You hear a voice. He can speak to you through an inward eh, witness. God can speak to you through vision. God can speak to you through trance. You know, so many ways. God can equally speak to you through people. But people, you must be very, very careful. Because so many people now, they do arrange marriage. Somebody will just, you, you know that this person is an unbeliever. You will just arrange for that person to, to, to marry the other person. It is wrong. You can pray. And as you are praying, God may lead you into a particular you know, you know, person. And God can learn you know, use you to join them together. But you, the only thing you do is you suggest for them. When you suggest, let them go and pray and still receive eh, from God. Because if you match, you know, match, uh, match them together, it becomes matchmaking. And you see that if they have any problem, as I said earlier, there's always a wilderness in experience. So if you match them, they did not receive conviction from God. When there is any issue cropping up or arising, they will come to you and they will begin to accuse you. So God can, you know, can speak to us. He can. And even when I saw that revelation, I was still doubting it and binding it. God also confirmed it through a voice. Because, you know, when people say, God spoke to me, I say, because how does God speak to, let him speak to me so that I will hear. And that very day, when I finished seeing the, the dream, in a fellowship, SU fellowship at Abakaliki, my husband came to, to, to that particular Bible study. And as we were finishing, he was called to pray. And when they mentioned the name, I said, ah, 
This name resembles the name I used to hear in our Christian Union in the campus. I opened my eyes. I didn't tell you when prayer is going on, you should open your eyes. <laughs> Maybe it's the way God wanted me to see the person. Praise the Lord. Because if I did not open my eyes and he finished praying, I wouldn't have known that he's the one that prayed. So I just turned and said, Okay, is it this brother I used to see in our nicest uh, program? And immediately after the fellowship, I was so excited to go and greet him. Immediately I came and shook him. I had a voice. The first day I've ever heard it. I had a voice and that voice says, this is your husband. I looked at him. Ah! I said, God forbid evil. Ah! I said, God, me, Ruby, so faithful, so committed, so with all my faithfulness, God, this is how you want to reward me. How can you do this thing to me, God? Ah, I told you I want to marry somebody. 45 years or 50 years. How can you bring this tiny... You know, and then he was so tiny. Ah, I wept. I wept. I cried unto God and said no. I said no. Reverse it. Reverse it. How can it be? So I battled with God. It's not always easy to do the will of God. It's not. But one thing is that when you do it... Oh, you will rejoice. I looked at him. I could not see all the things in I wanted. As I was going home, I was binding all the terrestrial demons and celestial demons. There's no kind of binding I didn't do. I said, God, how can you do such a thing to me with all this faithfulness? And that's why I told you earlier, I don't want to be so serious with this uh, in SEO thing. Because you will give me something bad. This is how many of us will still think. But I want you to know. That all the things that I feared when my husband was coming, when I came in, I realized that God embodied all my heart desire in, in him. So you don't even know what you need, my dear. You don't know what you need. You don't. Then, then you know, I will look at him and say, God, this man doesn't laugh. I told you I want somebody who laughs. Eh? Somebody will be marching on the road and there, if anything happens, I look at him, we laugh. I, I know, I his own, you know that. If you see him, you wouldn't know whether to smile, you know, to keep uh, quiet. You know? So it wasn't easy on me. Why I'm saying all this is for us to know that it's not easy. And that many of us do not know what we want. But when you allow God and say, God, in as much as I have set this standard, I have put these idols in my heart of what I want. But God, at thy word, I lay down my net. Let your will be done. By the time the will of God is done in your life, oh, you will rejoice and say, come and join me, sing hallelujah. Because at times I look at myself, I say, ah, the kind of stories I hear from many marriages, I say, Ruby, could you have been able to withstand this level of wickedness? I couldn't have been able to, to, to withstand it. God knows. You know? So, it was like I say, oh God, so it's even your love that is explaining to me. You know, and I thought, I, you know, in short, some brethren then would gather and say, Oh, Sister Ruby, I'm sorry. Oh, Sister. So after all said and done, his brother that God is giving you. Will you ever last in his presence? How will you stay? How will you stay? Sister Ruby, you love, you know, you know, how, how will you do it? I will go back and cry and say, God, have mercy on me. Reverse this order. There are other men, you can give them to me. They will still go to heaven. Ah, but by the time I came in, ah, 
I say, God, I don't really know what I, I want. My dear, you don't know what you want. And that's why you must hand yourself over to him. Release yourself. If I bring up some, some brethren, now I know the testimony of their destiny. It's the same story. It's the same story. The blessing of the Lord make it rich. It does not add sorrow. As we conclude, look into yeah, your life. You who is already in marriage, maybe you didn't marry as a Christian. God can still reset the foundation you know, of your marriage. Yes, because you have given your life to Christ. God knows how to change the old wine into a new wine. It doesn't mean that your own have, you know, you know, you have come to an end. No. Once you are a new creature, God will begin to recast the foundation. And the, the latter foundation will be stronger than the first one in Jesus' name. But for you, who is still about to enter? My dear young, uh, young ones, don't play with fire. Because entering into marriage without the will of God is like playing with fire. And Bible says, can any man scoop fire in his, uh, uh, his cloth without the fire burning? Can you play with fire? No, you cannot, my dear. Don't play with fire because many of us, we are playing with, with fire. We have opened the... I don't know whom you have in your heart now. Who you have in the throne of your heart. Few months ago, when I had the professor, Marire, you know, preached. He said that a brother had somebody in his heart, an idol. And when they were, in any time he goes out for, uh, to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he will not receive. And one day he wept and cried and said, God, why is it in I have not received? And God told him, go and read Psalm 73, verse 25 you know, and 26. He said, who do I have in heaven but you, God? Here on earth, who do I desire? And God asked him, is it me you have? Who is on the center of your heart? And this is how he removed the lady from his heart and he was filled. Likewise, my young man and my young you know, lady, who do you have in your heart now? Who is that woman that is in your heart? An unbeliever. Even if you are a believer, it doesn't mean that you will marry every, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in every brother. No. No, no, no. God has a specific person for you. The person who will help you to pass through the wilderness of this life. The person who will help you. The person God will package the grace that will be able to walk with you. My dear, we are in the battlefront. We are in the battle, you know, field. And the arrow of the enemy is coming east, west, north and south. It's only when you are in the center of the will of God, center of the grace of God, that the arrows, when it comes through one, you know, direction, it will flee towards heaven. Praise the Lord. So look into your life now. Who is at the center of your heart? Are you ready and willing to do the, the, the will of God? Because the foundation of everything matters a lot. If the foundation of this building is not strong, we will not be here. If it's cracked, we shall be in trouble because one day it shall collapse. So, are you building your marriage? Are you establishing it under God? If there's anybody you have in your heart and you know that the Holy Spirit has been telling you, my son, you know, this is not it. My daughter, this is not it. Don't just continue to, you know, rebuff. Don't continue to be stubborn. Because you cannot go through it. You cannot go through it. Even the one that is the will of God. It's not even, you know, easy. 
But the only thing is that because the grace of God is packaged in, in, a, in, a, in that relationship, God will keep helping you people. And people around will be you know, wondering the miracle that is around you. Center your marriage on the, you know, at the center of God's grace. If you do, you will see that the grace of God that brings salvation will continue to keep you. Will continue to succor you in that situation, in that turbulent moment, because it will come as it's uh, coming now. Let us pray. God established marriage for a purpose. God established marriage by himself. Nobody helped him. So don't allow anybody to deceive you. That you can do it on your own. Some people will tell you, but God says he will give us the desires of our heart. Yes, if the desire of your heart is in accordance with God's you know, own will. If you are looking for a man or a woman who knows Jesus and who wants to make heaven, whom you will stay with and that the two of you will serve God, two of you will really run this race, two of you will make, you know, bring souls, two of you will transfer souls from kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, God will answer you. But when you just base your requirements on the physical appearance, that person must be told, no. Bible says that the things we see that are temporal. But the things we do not see that are permanent. I want us to begin to pray. You, the young man here, young woman here, ask God, Father, having seen that your will is the, main, is the best thing for us. God knows the end of your life from beginning. He knows the journey of this life more than you do. And that's why he has given us the manual. Do the will of God. Begin to pray for yourself. If you are already engaged and you know that the person you are, you, are, you are getting engaged with or you are engaged with is not a child of God, drop it now at the feet of Jesus. I want to assure you that God will give you a wife. God will give you a husband. That you will be the envy of everybody that will see you around. Yes. All the uh, onions and carrots and peppers, all the things the enemy is showing you, they shall fizzle away. But whatever God does endures forever. Nothing shall be added, nothing shall be removed. Are you already in marriage? It seems that that marriage is having hiccups. I want you to know, God can reset it. Pray and ask God, what is it? Now you have known him. Or if you are even here, you have not received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I want you to know that all we have seen will not benefit you. Because the secret things of the Lord belongeth unto those that fear him. God will only reveal his will for you when you know him. When you fear him. But if you don't know him, how can you be in a relationship with somebody who you do not know? Are you here? You have not received Jesus in your life. That's the first step in the stone. You must first of all hand your life over to Jesus. We are coming to the end time. If you are still stubborn about it, I want to tell you that people are dying, young people are dying, old people are dying, but the issue is headed for eternity where? If you die now, are you sure you will go to heaven? If you are sure you will not go to heaven, this is time for you. Stand up so that we pray together with you. Don't allow the devil to deceive you and tell you if you stand now, people will see you. It doesn't matter. When we did it many years ago, people saw us. It's better you are ashamed now here on earth than when you will meet God. You will be ashamed. He will say, I know you not. If you are here and you want to receive Jesus into your life, please stand up. Let us pray. If you are still here, you have not given your life to Christ. This is the first step to even God showing you who to marry. This is the first step for your marriage. 
to be what God wants you to be. But are you here, you're a young man, a young woman, you are here, you are praying for marriage, but somehow you are not getting it right. I want you also to stand up. Let us pray with you. Don't be ashamed of it. There is no shame. There is better you say the truth and God will deliver you. Are you here? You are not getting it right. You Maybe you say you have been praying. Or maybe you have an idol in your heart. You have faith. Stand up. Let us pray. So that God will help you. Our God is a faithful God. He doesn't want anybody to go into hellfire because of marriage. Marriage is to be enjoyed, not to be endured. Stand up. Don't allow anybody to deceive you. Many people will say, I'm getting old. And because of it, they are ready to do anything. No. My dear, your soul is more important to God than that marriage. The one thing is that when you are sincere with God, and you are faithful to God, God knows how to reveal the right person at the right time. No matter whatever. No matter the stronghold. At, the, at God's own time, he will break everything. Are you here? You are already married. But you know that in your home, it is not what it should be. I want you also to stand up so that our daddy will pray for all of us. Don't just come here today because next week we shall discuss on sustaining marriage. There is no way your marriage will be sustained when the foundation is already shaken. Stand up, let us pray together. You have listened to the message of God from the voice of a mother. Not in theories, but in the practical experience of life. If you listen carefully, you must have seen that marriage is a relationship. A relationship that starts with a relationship with God. God will never speak to you in marriage. Until you have learned to hear him in other things. Especially in the thing of being saved. I'm about to pray for these young men who have made a beautiful decision today. And you are inside this congregation. And you know deep inside your heart that you are not sure that you are saved. Come and join them. There is nothing to be ashamed of. Just walk up to the altar and we shall be lifting you up unto the Lord. I am not sure. They talk about God speaking to people. I don't even believe it because I am not sure I'm saved. Something deep inside me says it looks like you are not saved. Come and join them. And we shall be praying with you. You have prayed to be saved. But there is no assurance. Come and join them. There is strength in corporate prayer. We bless the Lord for the message of today. And as we are praying for these young ones, begin to pray for yourself also. Say, Lord, I need clear guidance in my life. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ.
Father, I thank you for these your children who have come up before many witnesses asking that their lives be yielded unto you. Father, you said that whosoever will come unto you, you will never, never reject. Forgive, O Lord, their sins. Forgive all that is past in their lives. Forgive every foundation that has been faulty. Take away their names from the book of death. And this day, Lord, write their names in the book of life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Seal them with the Holy Spirit. And let them give new life into them, O Lord. Circumcise their ears. And with the eye shapes of the blood, cleanse their eyes. That Lord, the experience from this day shall be the experience of the fellowship of the Spirit of the Lord. In the day of their weakness, be their strength. And let them have a clear evidence of their salvation. A sure witness within their hearts that they belong to you. Be, O Lord, their strength as they go forth into life. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, we pray. Now let's begin to pray for those who have challenges in marriage. Both in choosing and in sustaining and in keeping. We have an enemy called the devil. And his ministry is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But we have the Holy Spirit, our comforter, our guide, our counselor, our teacher, our helper. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon your lives. And he will fulfill his ministry in the name of Jesus. Whenever I usually have a difficult decision to make, I begin long before then to pray. And there is something that God always reminds me. It's not Lot's wife. He always tells me, remember Lot. Today I want to tell you, those of you who are not married, remember Lot. When you go back to the scripture, read about Lot. And always remember Lot when you have a decision to make. There was a big difference between Lot and Abraham. And if you remember Lot and you depart from the path of Lot and walk in the path of Abraham, you will surely get to your desired end. Remember Lot always. Father, I pray for these ones who have challenges in their relationship. They are in the valley of decision. They do not know the way to go. But you said we shall call upon you. And you will show us the path 
that good part. Father, at times you show us and we harden our hearts. But this morning you called us little children. Father, deal with us as children. In the mighty name of Jesus. Even when we harden our hearts, take away your peace from us. That we will be assured that the path we take is evil. And cause, O Lord, that when we find your path, you will restore your peace upon us. Help your children, O Lord, and deliver them from every wrong decision. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Even when you are in the right path, there are challenges. Every marriage has challenges. Those of you who are not married, please sit down. Every marriage has challenges. Every marriage is a bed of roses. Because it is beautiful and it has thorns. But the Lord is able to turn away your thorns and to make them straight. If you do not have challenges in your marriage, then definitely the devil has left you and is preparing you for slaughter. No two wheels can run together smoothly until they are united after friction. And because you are in the world, you will have trouble. But in Christ, the trouble shall be turned into peace. Begin to tell God those sorrows that you have in your marriage. And as you tell God those sorrows, ask Him to help you to change yourself so that you will be an agent of change in that marriage. Don't ask Him to change your husband or your wife. Ask Him to change you and make you the agent of change. Begin to talk to God. If you pray to him sincerely, there is a way out of that wilderness. It may be things that are material. There is a way out of difficulty. All you need is a touch of the Lord. Begin to talk to God now. There are many who are seated here. Who weep every night and they have refused to stand up. Also talk to God. God will reach you at your level. God will touch your life at your level. Because you are a little child. Begin to pray for the favor of God to come upon your marriage. You are a husband. And you are the lion of the tribe of Jezebel. Because you are the man. 
Begin to talk to God. Ask that the Lord will help you. That when that anger rises within you, he will tame it. I begin to pray for each of you to see. That the time we have here on earth is limited. And we must use it well. Because when your spouse departs, if there is something you would have done that you did not do, that is what will haunt you. And one must depart before the other. Begin to talk to God now. Ask that the Lord will help you, not your husband or your wife, to turn your marriage into what it ought to be. Especially you fathers and you mothers. Your children are watching you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, there are depths of sorrows and difficulties we cannot speak about. There are challenges in our homes only you can resolve. Touch your people, Lord. There are men who have departed from you and left their wives stranded. They weep before you daily. Bring back the hearts of their husbands, Lord. The economic challenges in this time that is choking families. Father, make a way where there seems to be no way. Mighty and eternal King, there are women that are unfaithful. They have filled their hearts with snares. Their husbands will prefer to live upon the rooftop. They have literally chased them away from the home. Eternal King, break their strong hearts in the name of Jesus. There are children, O Lord, who have left their parents stranded. Their parents have done all that is within them to rescue them. But they have insisted on going astray. But Lord, they are our children. And we will not let them go. And then our father, the prodigal child, came back. We wait at the gates for these children. Lord, draw them back by your power. In the mighty name of Jesus. Make our homes a place where your spirit will rest. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.